Welcome to episode 561 of the show. Today we're going to look at how to figure out who your target audience is or who your target customers are. Now the reason why this question is important is because if you don't know who your ideal audience is and who you should be running after, then you're going to be spending a lot of time and money chasing the wrong people. You could be placing Instagram ads, Google ads, and sending the advertisements to the wrong place, and you're not going to be getting value out of those activities. You also could be spending time going to the wrong um, hotels, the wrong trade associations, the wrong trade shows, um, the wrong networking sessions, and not getting any value out of it. So this is why this question is really important, and it's something that we ought to pay attention to, not just in the beginning of the business, but for um, as long as our business continues to endure, because you'll find that the first set of people that do business with you might not necessarily be the next set of business, uh, the next set of people that do business with you as your business continues to grow. Now let's look at a legendary example. Everybody knows the uh, the giant that is Coca Cola. So in the early days, the people who bought Coca Cola uh, were um, well, Coca-Cola in the early days used to be marketed as some sort of um, health tonic to help with energy and stuff like that. So you could say the early set of people who use Coca-Cola would have used um, the drink in the same way that Nigerians, maybe two or three decades ago, used to use uh, this drink called, um, what's it called? Lucozade. Yeah. So back when I was a wee one, when I was a kid, if you were ill and you guys went to the hospital the doctors are treating you for malaria or typhoid or whatever, after your, um, you get your, your injections, your medicine, you know, your father, your mom, whoever it was that was your primary caretaker, would also get you uh, some glucose or maybe some glucosade because the thought back then was uh, you're weak, you need some energy in the system. And so this um, fizzy sort of drink is a healthy alternative that should be able to fulfill that purpose. And in the early days of Coca-Cola, that's exactly what Coca-Cola was. But now you see that after hundreds of years, uh, things have changed. And now the people who are the prime target of Coca-Cola are folks like my mom and my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law does a bottle of Coke every day. I think she does a, you know, a bottle of Coke every day. She says a, a, a Coke a day to take away the pain or something like that. I can't remember. So my mom, my sister-in-law and one of my cousins, they do Coke every day. And I'm not sure the reason why they do it, but um, if you meet people who have um, expertise in uh, customer profiling and stuff like that, you'll find that the ideal target uh, customer for Coca-Cola today is not the same as when they first started in business. So we're going to have to keep doing these exercises over and over again, because as we grow, as the landscape changes, as we evolve, as the business needs of um, our customer, our ideal customer uh, base, our ideal audience is going to change over time. And it's valuable so that we don't waste money in advertising and chasing down the wrong people. So for instance, if Coca-Cola Coca never went with the if they didn't get the memo that the use case of a Coke has changed and that the people who drink it have changed, then if there was, they could be spending um, you know, millions and billions of dollars in advertising, trying to advertise uh, Coca-Cola as some um, healthy um, alternative to get yourself jump-started and to get your energy off. And of course, we know that that kind of marketing is going to fail in these days and in these times when... Um, health officials, uh, parents, um, 
uh, and other stakeholders in the community are looking at coke and fizzy drinks and soft drinks as uh, a problem contributing to diabetes, um, obesity, and um, um, all kinds of things. So that's just an example about how if you don't pay attention to the way that your target audience is changing, your community is changing, the trends are changing, you're going to end up wasting uh, time and money in chasing down the wrong set of people. So, um, where was I? Okay, yeah, so how do you know who your target audience is, who your target customer is? There are two primary ways of doing this. Number one is common sense, and then number two is conversations. Let me repeat that again. Number one, common sense. Number two, conversations. And we are going to be working the feedback loops that occur between the two. You have, um, okay, let me start with common sense. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Okay, so common sense. Now, what do I mean by common sense? When I say common sense, I mean this. Let us assume a certain product or service, whatever it is you do, and then you try to make the most obvious connection between the problem and the solution. And when I say the most obvious connection, I mean that connection that anybody would think, well, that's obvious. And then you take your journey from that perspective. For instance, uh, when I was starting out this podcast, I used to be a wedding photographer. And um, in different photography communities, I would talk about um, <clears throat> difficulties that photographers were having um, relating to certain aspects of business and certain aspects of sales. So, excuse me. <coughs> okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I used to talk about... Um, I used to talk to photographers about different uh, difficulties that they had in several aspects of their businesses, whether it related to marketing or sales, having conversations, those kinds of things. So that's where this whole thing started. And eventually a friend of mine who was a wedding planner said, you're really good at this. Why don't you come and talk to some of my students? I'm having a class in November and the next set is going to be so, 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 and so. When are you free? What do you think we can talk about? We draw up a curriculum. <clears throat> and that is how this thing started, essentially. And then, of course, later on, she was talking about starting her own podcast. She didn't, but she figured I should start a podcast and voila, the podcast started. Now, in that sense, the most obvious connection is I'm a wedding photographer. I have been talking to other wedding photographers and I've been talking to wedding planners and I've been talking to people in the wedding industry, uh, people in that space. So the most obvious connection, the most obvious link that anybody would be able to make, whether it's my son or my mom, they'll be able to see obviously that, well, your target audience should be photographers, planners and other people who are in the wedding space. And that's exactly what I thought. So that's how I started off this journey about three years ago. And for those of you who've been listening since day one, thank you very much for being a part of this journey. So that was common sense and play. But remember, I said we also have to build in conversations and then we have to work a feedback loop. Now, this is where conversations come in. As you keep going, you have to get into conversations with people that you end up doing business with or people who are tagging along on the journey. So for those of you who had paid services, who have paid services, let me stick to the wedding thing. So if you're a wedding photographer, you're having conversations continually with the people who have done business with you in the past, people who are doing business with you now, and that will inform the way that you think about people you hope to do business with in the future and how you hope to attract them to do business with you. So it's the same thing for me in the podcasting journey as well. I was having conversations with people who are listening photographers who happen to listen, the planners who happen to listen. And um, I think there was one MC. Well, I know of one MC who used to listen anyway. 
So, and I found out something rather interesting. After a while, it became painfully obvious that the people who listened the most or who engaged the most or who derived the most values were not wedding photographers, were not planners, and were not people in the wedding industry. I started hearing from people from other professions. I've spoken about the masseuse who listens to the show. The reason why I remember her is just because I think that's wild. I never would have thought a masseuse would sign up to listen to a podcast that was called Sales for the Nigerian Wedding Industry. That was the old title of the podcast. Um, a bunch of architects. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, pharmaceutical salespeople. I also didn't expect that, but I kind of see that if you're a sales professional in Nigeria and you're in pharmaceutical sales, or another insurance um, salesperson, and you're in insurance sales, so whether pharmaceutical sales or insurance um, sales and marketing, and you're looking for material to develop yourself, then I think chances are, if you can't find that kind of material available, but there's something here that's available for people in the wedding industry, it's not a bad idea to say, you are going to have a look at that material and see what you can adapt and what you can apply to your own profession. So I guess um, it's easy to see how uh, people from the uh, sales, um, other selling backgrounds would get um, interested in the show. But bottom line is, from having conversations with folks, whether it's people that I meet random or people who DM me, I mean, these were the sorts of conversations I was having. Thanks for listening. What was your favorite episode? How did you find the podcast? What is it that you do? What did you find most useful? What are the challenges that you've had so far? You know, those sorts of conversations. The same kinds of conversations that I've been um, advising that we have with people that we do business with. So not, so not only just that we can figure out who our target customer base is, but also so that we can figure out how to improve our businesses uh, substantially for um, the long term. So, um, yeah, what was I? Okay, so conversation. So from these conversations, you're going to try and test out your thesis. Um, so my own assumption was that people in the wedding industry, those are the people I'm talking to, those are the people who are going to find most useful. So my conversations were built around testing those um, theses. Is that a thing? Theses or thesi? I'm not sure. Anyway, so asking folks, like I said, thanks for listening. <clears throat> How did you find the podcast? What is it that you do? Um, stuff like that. So your conversation should always be built around testing uh, those are your thesis. Um, yeah, those are your main ideas from the beginning. Um, so who is buying? Who is listening? Who is watching? Who is downloading? Why are they downloading? What do they do? What do they think you've done to hit the mark? What do you think? Um, what do they think you can do to be um, better? And these questions give you a sense of who your actual audience is or who your actual customers are and not who you thought they could be when you started out at the beginning. Most importantly, since these actual people are giving you a sense of what it is that they find most valuable, you're going to know what to tweak, where, and how. And you're now getting a sense of who your true audience is. And that is how these two things work. So don't overthink it in the beginning. You're an architect, or you're a carpenter, or you want to sell um, bags and shoes, or maybe you want to come up with your own uh, scented candle range or whatever, don't overthink it. At first, it's common sense. There's a problem I'm trying to solve. Who do I think 
are the people that are going to best benefit from this solution. And then start there. Start chasing down those people. But as you're chasing them down, you should be having conversations with them to keep checking your main idea, to keep checking your investment thesis. So you have a scented candle. Uh, or let's say you have, uh, let's see, what are Nigerians taking up these days? Okay, well, um, vegetarian. Okay, I hear that vegetarian vegetarianism is becoming a thing over here for ethical reasons. So you want to launch your, um, let's see, let's say you want to come up with um, cuisine for vegetarians. Uh, let's see, maybe like um, alternatives to meat pies and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, yeah, so you come up with that, you just assume that there's going to be people of a certain age, of a certain age group. Okay, in Abuja, I'm going to assume that, my guess is that you wouldn't start by targeting um, low-income low income earners. Okay, hmm. how would you even begin to target those sorts of people? And I have no idea, but bottom line is, you have a certain idea and it doesn't include low-income people, so you're probably not going to waste your time with... Um, people at the roadside in uh, public places like bus stops or whatever, maybe you might start dropping flyers in fast food restaurants or uh, banks or whatever, places where you think your own kind of people might actually show up, and that is fine. But the thing is, as you start getting orders, as people start ordering, find a way to get their phone number, email addresses, uh, respond to them on DM, uh, DMs, that's if they hit you up through Instagram, and the process is the same. Thanks for purchasing. Uh, how did you find out about us? Why are you interested in vegetarian food, by the way? Uh, what benefits do you provide? Do we provide? Oh, well, okay, no, that's wrong. Anyway, I'm sure you guys get the idea. As they start reaching out, have start having conversations with them, engage with them, and you're going to get a sense of who are the people that are actually buying that get the most value, and then you're going to be able to refine your targeting. Eventually, you might find out that uh, putting the flyers in the banks is a bad idea because of all the people who have reached out to you so far. Let's say you end up um, contacting 100 people and maybe out of the 100, 95% um, of them said they saw your flyers at the local Mr. Biggs or something. Well, at least now you know that you ought to switch your marketing and your targeting to fast food joints. So the next time you print a round of flyers, apart from putting them in Mr. Big outlets, you might consider um, other outlets around like uh, Auntie Anjobi, for instance. Uh, in Abuja, there's Auntie Anjobi. In Lagos and in Abuja, there's um, the place called um, The Place. So you can put in Auntie Anjobi, you can put it in The Place, you can put it in Chicken Republic or uh, whatever. And that is how you're going to be able to figure out who is the ideal audience for these vegetarian meat pies and snacks and vegetarian suya and uh, vegetarian jollof rice that I am preparing. So that's how it works. Start off with common sense, look for the most obvious connections, then have conversations to test your investment thesis, and you're going to get a sense of who your ideal target audience is. So thank you very much for listening to episode 561. I'll thank you very much for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next episode.